Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today I'm joined by Joe Thompson and Joe is somebody that I met through my networking group and we had a one-to-one and he inspired me to get him as a guest because he's got his own podcast and we'll hear a lot more about that later on. But he's also mainly a mortgage advisor with a really interesting backstory, listeners, that I know he's going to share with us today. But the name of his podcast is the Home Buyer Club. So that's Home Buyer, all one word, Club Podcast. And this podcast is aimed at educating home buyers, whether you're home buyer now or whether you're home buyer in the future, as well as talking to people about their home buying journey and I shared I was I think I was your first guest Joe wasn't I so I shared my stories of my houses that I've purchased and the horrific uh, story of knocking on somebody's door to move into their house and she turned around and said who are you oh sorry I forgot to tell you we we haven't moved Um, which was interesting so listeners if you want to hear that interesting story go to the Home Buyer Club podcast and you'll be able to hear it there so welcome to today's podcast Joe Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, and it's always a bit more nerve-wracking, isn't it, when I find it is anyway. I find hosting it a lot easier than actually being a guest because you've got to think on your feet a little bit more when you're a guest as well. So uh, hopefully it won't be too horrifying and I'll be quite gentle. Spotlight's on, isn't it? (laughs) It is. It is. is. So to break the ice a little bit, um, let me just explain to the listeners. When we first met... Uh, we've we've met twice, one on a dog walk around the local country park, which is our first meeting. Um, but then we met for our one-to-one for a coffee. And unfortunately, where we met at Mansfield, there aren't actually any Starbucks, are there? Which is obviously the, my favourite place to go for, for a coffee. So it's we went not. to Costa Coffee. Um, and I'm okay with Costa Coffee, but it's not my favourite tasting coffee. It's, not, it's got nothing about the, the clickiness or anything like that. But the thing, listeners, that I noticed when I drove by, because I haven't been to that area for a while, there was a Dunkin' Donuts. And we missed out, because you were already <laughs> in Costa, weren't you, as I got to it. We missed out on having our first ever coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. So, listeners, if you've ever been to Dunkin' Donuts and you've had a coffee there, please message either of us directly or put a comment below the podcast and tell us what you think about Dunkin' Donuts. But I'm not a Dunkin' Donuts day. We're both... Uh, in our places of work. So tell us a little bit about the coffee you're drinking today, Joe, because I know it's not Dunkin' Donuts. Well, actually, I think it's not it's Dunkin' not. Donuts. You might have, I don't know, but tell me a little bit about a coffee. Fortunately not. And just on a point on that day, I remember we said, didn't we, 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 that we would go and walk over and have a donut and a coffee. Yep. Well, we got talking too much. Um, and time got away with But what I did notice was when I drove off, I didn't see you drive off. So I had a sneaky feeling you may have got a donut <laughs> and a coffee without me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I can safely say, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. I did okay. think about it because I thought, oh, I've got a call to make. Do I stay where I am and make the call or do I go to Dunkin' Donuts, make it there, I or like do it. I go home? So no, I went, I went home. 
So the coffee I've got today is actually just a, um, a cafe. So one from McDonald's, uh, one of the ladies ah. in the office I'm working in today treated us all to a coffee. Uh, it's not my typical coffee. Um, yeah. She guessed what I'd like, uh, which is not too bad. It was a latte, okay. um, but usually I'm a, I'm a black coffee person. Right. Yeah, I don't suppose you can go too far wrong with a latte, but letting somebody guess the coffee, ooh, that's... That, it's a risky game. It is. I mean, I'm one of those kind of people, I don't know about you, Joe, and listeners, where I open a box of chocolates and I don't want to read the menu card. I don't want to see what's in the chocolate. I just want to taste it. And if it's strawberry or orange or caramel, I mean, there's always that thing about uh, coffee chocolate, isn't it? And I actually quite like coffee chocolate. So I'd go in there and I don't mind what's in it, to be honest. Turkish Delight, I'm not too keen on. But yeah, I couldn't take that same risk with my coffee, I must admit. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've had some horrendous coffees before made for me where people yeah. are like, oh, I have two sugars. So everyone else in the world has two sugars. Oh. Lump them in. Yeah. And, oh, no, it's not for me. Yeah. But funnily enough, you like if you know, when you go to places like Starbucks, my favorite Starbucks drink is a caramel macchiato. And that's full of sugar with the cream and the caramel. So I don't yeah. know why I don't like coffee, like a white coffee or black coffee with sugar in. Not a fan. Yeah. Now, and, and that's one of my favourites when I go as well. So, you know, if I'm going to treat myself, I'll have a like a gingerbread latte or a, a caramel macchiato, like you say. And when you look at the amount of syrup, I mean, I, I, um, I've got a coffee here in my in my flask, which is black coffee. And I thought it's, it's early in the morning, so I just have one quick squirt of syrup just to take the edge off the coffee a little bit. So I put a caramel, and I put like half a pump in. When you go to Starbucks, it's like one, two, three, and it's oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> But they put a lot more coffee into it, so I don't. You know, they might put a double espresso in it, where I put a single espresso yeah. in it. So perhaps it's that. But yeah, uh, the good I thing is I quite, I quite like McDonald's coffee, though. So I quite like yes. McDonald's coffee. So uh, yeah, I don't yeah, mind that bad. at all. Especially when someone buys it for you. Yeah, yeah, always good. And I like getting the little reward tabs. That I don't know if it's, do you still get them on there where you get so many, put them on a card, and you get a free coffee. Not on this one. Oh. There's not one on this one. Oh, Maybe someone it took off. it off. Yeah. The, the Uber Eats guy took it off, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, st strange enough, we, has, we used to have a girl um, or a woman in the office called Emma. And every Friday, we used to have a McDonald's breakfast in the office. And um, either I'd pay for it or the business would pay for it. Or sometimes they'd treat us. And Emma always volunteered to go and get it. And when it came back, right. she'd always taken off all the reward bag, little stickers off all the, all, all the uh, paper cups. That was her reason for going. I always wonder why she got so many free uh, coffees from McDonald's now. I know why. Uh, but you were just about saying about the study. Yeah, I saw a study about, um, I can't remember what it was on. I think it was on a on the radio station I was listening to. It was something about um, the amount of coffee in uh, a Starbucks coffee compared to a Costa coffee. And apparently, I think it was Costa that actually have has more actual caffeine in it than um, yeah. a Starbucks coffee. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I, because I'm, I'm, I drink more blonde coffee. Uh, I mean, I mm. like a nice strong coffee if I'm having it as an espresso or uh, a lungo. But if I'm having a general coffee during the day or for meetings, I tend to go for more of a blonde house blend type coffee, which it sounds like I know what I'm talking about, doesn't it, when I say that? But I've spoken to so many <laughs> coffee people on there. But that's why I'm not, I'm not a Costa fan. It's, it is the taste. It, I, I do find it that I really struggle to get to the bottom of the cup. It just grates a little bit. And it probably is because yeah. of 
because of that yeah 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 i remember when i was in my wife's portuguese and we, we went to porto I didn't, didn't know and, that yeah it's a, oh. um so it's, it's an aspiration maybe one day that we could go live over there but i need to learn the language first but yeah. that's uh that's another thing um but the portuguese are their, her family especially they start their day by they'll take the kids to school and then they'll go to the coffee shop and spend 10 minutes having a having a coffee before they go off to work so one day we, we when we was over there we was speaking with her cousins and we went for a coffee and what they'll do they'll have an espresso and i'd never had an espresso before this time right. okay. and i remember taking the espresso and then oh that's, that's lovely and then for the next three hours, like, it was like someone had pinned my eyes wide back and I was, <laughs> everything was fast forward. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing coffee. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used to have a machine in the old office when I had the construction company and it was, uh, uh, I think it's called Flavia. It was by Mars. Uh, and it, you got these pouches of coffee and you put the pouching and it flushed through the pouch. And they yeah. did one and it was a, mars bar coffee so basically oh. you had this double espresso with a shot of mars bar chocolate caramel and chocolate wow and I tell you, that sounds amazing it was like doing the uh, i don't know if any, any of you remember listeners and joe you might not do but you used to go to the fairgrounds and they used to have motorbikes that used to go round and round in circles and go up the wall i think yeah, they actually yeah. got them in a couple now they brought them back because health and safety's relaxed a little bit or perhaps on them but that's what I was like after having that. I used to drink that, <laughs> and I'd be going around the walls, <laughs> horizontally. Fantastic. <laughs> but let's get onto the business side of things. Yeah. Because I know you've you've had a bit of a shift and a bit of a change, um, going from the the armed forces here in the UK into mortgage uh, advice and you know finding and helping people get their homes whether it's their first home or whether it's moving homes just give us a little bit of an insight into why because you, when you explain this story to me when we met yeah there was a family link there wasn't there with with your father so just explain to the listeners why you do what you do and the way in which you do it yeah so when i I was um, in Cyprus. I was living in Cyprus with the, in the military at the time. I was in the Royal Air Force. And as soon as we got there, it was a three-year tour, so three years living in Cyprus. As soon as we got there, I'd been promoted. When you get promoted, you have to go back to the UK and start um, take your promotion and do um, your tour in the UK. I thought, well, I've just come to the sunshine. I don't really want to be going back. So I took the option to defer the promotion for three years, giving me the time that I needed to spend in Cyprus and, you know, right. three-year holiday kind of thing. Yeah. Working holiday, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds it. So, yeah. so at that point, it gave me three years to actually assess what I wanted to do with my life. And at that point, I was... I. I I was coming up to eight years in the military and I'd, I'd been all over the world. I'd been to Afghanistan. I'd been to some other hostile in places and been some amazing places as well around the world. Um, and so I was, I'd enjoyed my time, but I was looking at the kind of the older generation who had been in for a while and saw how kind of disgruntled they were how they wanted to be out but because of the amount of money they were earning and the pension that they would be getting for staying in to the end of their term they were kind of trapped and I didn't want to get to that point where I hated my job so I sat down and thought right I want to leave I've always had an interest in business um, 
but didn't quite know what to do. So I sat down and assessed what kind of what skills I had. And sadly, I came up with not many. <laughs> I was okay. self, self-analyzing going, well, I'm not really, I've not got the education. I've not got anything to fall back on. My, my history before joining the military was I worked in customer service. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I am good at speaking to people, but how do I make money f- through that? And at the time, my, my father, my dad was, um, he was a trainer for Mortgage Advice Bureau. He'd, be, he'd been a mortgage advisor in the past. And he said, you know, you've got the skills you'd need to be a mortgage advisor. So I was like, okay. I had a look into that and thought, actually, I could do this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's where I decided, actually, let's, let's take this forward and get my qualifications. So that's where the the kind of the next phase of my life kind of started, really. Yeah, and and I suppose it, it's nice that your dad also had the the knowledge of the industry, and by training people, he would know what was needed in somebody to make it, and actually, yeah, who might not make it. So he's not going to put you forward right. for something that he felt that you might be trained on and then not succeed at. Is he? Yeah. That's yeah, right. Um, not if he's a good dad, anyway. Which you know, I, <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, but but it's interesting you said there about you know people in the forces because I think many people listening to this will recognise that in business as well that some people have a job which they're disgruntled, just like the guys that you mentioned, but they feel trapped because they've been there too long. I remember I had a a young. Uh, well, no, maybe rephrase that. Had a guy when I was at university when I was young, and he was about five years mm. older than me, and he was on his second degree, and he got a job at the local council, and he said, "I've got a job at the council, but it's not for me. I don't like it, and I'm I'm not going to stay there that long." And that was when he was twenty-three. He left when he was sixty. Wow. Which was just recently. Wow. So he stayed in that job. And he always moaned about it, always said it. But, you know, he, he got in that same trap. Well, I can't leave now because I've got so much pension. You know, he was on one of these final salary pension schemes as well. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's never going to have to worry you know, about what he does, you know, in his retirement again. So, uh, yeah, but sometimes we can definitely get trapped in it. And I think some of us as entrepreneurs also feel like that because we're in contracts with clients or we've got a team that relies upon us. And I know I felt like that with the construction business when I decided over the one weekend enough was enough, I was closing it down. And what had held me back was that you know, these people rely on me for a living. But the good thing was these people had let me down as a team so badly the week before, actually that made it a bit easier to make the decision, which is right. another story altogether. But yeah. uh, but it's interesting. So what's been the most significant thing that you have had to work on in yourself as you've stepped from being in the forces to, I know you did a, a bit of a, a stint with one business to now working completely on your own, self-employed. What's, what's been the most significant thing you've had to, to fix or work on in yourself? So it's a, a constant battle of okay. when you're self-employed, as, you, as you'll know, when you, when you go self-employed, you haven't got a regular paycheck coming in. Your regular paycheck's the money you earn. Yeah. Um, through business uh, so I get the constant worry and fear and sometimes it's good it's a good fear because it drives you so my my fears are oh my gosh I haven't got enough money to to pay my mortgage I do <laughs> because yeah. I am I am good at what I do but I'll go through a cycle of going 
oh my god oh my god there's no money i'm not earning anything i've got no clients to clients coming through the door in droves and i'm like oh i'm good at this i'm really good oh my god i'm amazing too oh my god i'm so rubbish there's no money coming. it's a constant battle but what i've i've noticed is those quiet times it's about minimizing we're all going to get quiet times yeah it happens but it's about minimizing that that negative period and minimizing those quiet times to make sure that you know when we are quiet that we're proactive in making sure that we do get more clients coming through the front door that's been tough and i'm grateful that i have such a fantastic uh, wife uh, christina who is such a positive influence on me in that respect because she's like what's the worst thing happen and you know sometimes when you i I am i'm quite an emotional person i'm a I, I I live um, quite an not emotional yeah quite emotional um, yeah. ways. Uh, yeah, I will kind way. of go. The world's going to end. Oh my gosh! And she's like, just calm down. Let's talk it through. You're going to be fine. And that sometimes is the reassurance I need just to get on with the day and get on with what I need to do. So yeah, yeah it's a, it's a continuous thing. I don't think you'll ever not be worried about business coming through the front door. Um, but you just, it, it, I think sometimes it feeds the fire to continually yeah. work hard. Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, I've been very privileged on, on many times to not have to worry about money and money coming in, but you still do because, you know, as soon as money doesn't come in and then you start eating into savings or into a fund that you might have, then you start to see that diminish and you think, oh, how long can this go for? Yeah, um, no matter how privileged you are, no matter how big that pot is, you know, very often we have a higher spending threshold and it, it can go quite quite quickly. The, the interesting thing there you said is about your wife and uh, yeah, sounds like a great woman and somebody who supports you is really, really important. I was talking to uh, the, the business group that I have earlier on just before this call and Jitesh was, was in that call yeah. uh, as, as well. He's just joined the group and we were talking with Chris, the photographer, um, about his values in business and one of his values that he'd written down was no drains allowed and I said okay, okay well what do you mean by that because you know what you mean by it when you write it down might not be what somebody else perceives it and he said well clearly I, I don't want people who drain the energy I don't want people people who drain my enthusiasm etc in there so um, Jitesh asked the question well how how do we handle people that are close to us that sometimes aren't the most supportive people that can be those those drains and that's you know you're very lucky to have somebody who is supportive and has that positive side of it um, i'm the opposite i'm always the positive one i'm always the you know this is going to be great 99.9 percent of the time there is 0.1 in fairness joe and listeners yeah. <laughs> where you know you think oh the world's about to implode um but it's it is good to surround yourself with people like that and to pull those people closer to you and and seek their positivity. And when we have drains, we've got to be careful we don't completely push them away, particularly if they're friends and family. Um, But we do have to have a way of handling that because if we're not careful, they can pull us down and pull us more into the spiral that we might be going into as well. And I've seen that a lot with with guests in the past and, and, yeah. and in my own life as well. We say, don't they, negativity breeds negativity. Um, yeah. And it's very easy to get drawn into it. It really is. And 
I when I well, when I left school I started out uh, tried to do college but I wasn't very good at it because of the way it was structured I'm quite a structured person I like a routine and it wasn't for me I went to work for um, an energy company customer service and it was it was full of negative people and I became one for a long time I was yeah. trapped I felt what I perceived as trapped and eight years flew by and I was I was negative um, and that's not really me I am a positive person um, so I did when I did get out of there um, and joined the military I felt free and yeah. I actually felt that I was pushing myself and testing myself so like you say it's very easy to get drawn in isn't it with to negative yeah. people negative comments you've just got to shut off the yeah. noise somehow yeah and it's interesting you know you said about the the people that you saw when you're in the forces being disgruntled you know disgruntled is a word that yeah i've not heard for a long while so uh, that's going to be my word for the day listeners work out how many times you can use the word disgruntled today but <laughs> disgruntled people very often don't keep it to themselves do they 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 comp anything that we would think as well, that's pretty good actually they see is completely negative what you know so we see it half full they see it half empty you know uh, and that's the kind of thing we have to be aware of. And, uh, yeah, we have to come up with our mechanisms of how we deal with that. So if there was one thing that your your wife, was it Christina, did you say? That's it. That's yeah. right. Your, your wife, Christina, um, does in a particular way that adds to that positivity that perhaps she doesn't even realise she's doing herself, but might be useful for the listeners to spot in other people or perhaps to try and emulate more in themselves what would you say that she brings that makes it even more positive or adds to that it's funny because she is she will always say that she's not a positive person she always says that i'm the positive person but what she does for me is she just i, I sometimes feel like my head's like jumbled up with thoughts and yeah. all this and I, I i get frustrated with myself that i can't rationalize thoughts so what she'll do is just help me rationalize my thoughts and it's the it's the reassurance that it is going to be fine, it is going to be okay, and and that's what she does very well. I feel like um, we support each other very very well. We've been married now seven years this year, um, and she we I think well we are best friends to be honest, and she's yeah, we are very much um, good for each other in the way that we we handle each other's um, ups and downs and. Yeah. Like I say, I won't be, I won't be where I am without her. To be honest, yeah, right. um, it, it's just that, like I say, it's just that reassurance and that. Just sometimes you just need someone to talk to, don't you, to air your issues and a problem halved is a pro no problem shared is a problem halved or something like that. Is that the right yeah, yeah. term? Something like that. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so good like that. Yeah. So from what you've said, then the thing I'm hearing, listeners, that you need to take away from that is, you know, if if you need it or you can give it, it's to bring some. Uh, order out of the chaos of the force because you're right you know when we do get a little bit anxious when we do get a little bit fearful and fear does drive us sometimes i i agree with with that you know um and it's the courage to to bottle it and to channel it but when we do have that our thoughts very often get scattered everything comes yeah. in to a million miles an hour all at the same time so you know if it sounds like she brings that sort of order to those thoughts, gets yeah. you to put them into one linear stream where you can handle it. And then you can, with that reassurance of it's going to be all right, actually suddenly you can see that it's going to be all right because you can see the straight road ahead 
rather than this yeah. massive jumble of, of everything. So I think that would be a, a great thing for us listeners to to doing ourselves, but also to look for in other people and surround ourselves with people that help us have that that order to our chaos of thoughts and that reassurance. Because yeah, sometimes you just you do need somebody. You know, when you work on your own, it's it is a very lonely place, and you need somebody. That's why I became a coach. That's why I've always had a coach. You need somebody who can say, actually, you're doing okay. It's going to yeah. be all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I was um, talking of working on your own. I'm. I speak to people every day. But you know, when you're working at home, you can speak to 100 people on the phone or via Teams or Zoom, but you could still feel very lonely. And I went, I, would, I was doing two or three days at home and then two days or three days in the office. And it was, it was rough because day two of working at home, I felt so down. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've shifted my routine now where I only work one day at home and then in office. So it'd be office, home, office, home, office. Yeah. And it's so much better for me personally. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we, we all need to find a balance of, of that, don't we? Exactly. And, you know, it, certainly for me, it was a significant shift. But also, you know, I would share listeners that in, in my business life, even when I've been in office, you know, as the, as the owner of the business, as the MD, CEO, whatever you want to call me, but even that, surrounded by people, can still feel lonely because you can be very lonely in the decisions that you make. And, you know, I'm sure your wife... If she felt that things weren't going to be all right, you'd also have the trust that she's going to be honest with you and she'd say, stop doing that, Joe, and do something different because it's yeah. not going to work. And when sometimes you're in, you've got people in business that you are leading and you're managing, sometimes they don't do that. And sometimes you need that person who will give you the reality check, good, but also bad as well. And that that, yeah. that makes it yeah. lonely, you know, very lonely. Yes. Yeah, I can imagine. I can, I've not, I'm not, I, thankfully, I don't have employees at the moment. I'm not yeah. in that position. Uh, I say thankfully because, um, yeah, it's something that I aspire to to have one day, but I don't feel that I'm in that position yet. However, I, I can see what you mean, you know, even like making tough calls, that must be so hard to yeah. do. I mean, I've got times where I've got to ring clients to deliver bad news and I'm like, I don't want to do it. I know they say to eat the frog and just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. And like you say, you, you, I bet you'd be sort of thinking about it. Is this the right thing to be doing? Am I made the right decision? Um, especially if you've got to sack someone, for example, it must yeah, be yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. So I mentioned the podcast. You've given us yeah. lots of things that you've worked on, given us a good insight. So thanks for that. And yeah, we've we've mentioned some good things for listeners to look out for as well. How can people connect with you, one, for the mortgages, uh, and two, for the podcast? Give us the details of where we can go. Yes, yeah, so my podcast is called The Home Buyer Club Podcast, and it's on Spotify and Apple Music currently. It's also on, I put the videos on YouTube as well, which is, okay. again, The Home Buyer Club. Uh, my Facebook and Instagram conveniently called the home buyer club as well so yeah, if you are good. looking to get a mortgage or want to speak to someone about it you know feel free to message me on on social media always happy to have a chat with people yeah great so i've got to ask a question because you know uh, certainly yeah. here in the uk these are difficult times you know and you and i spoke and yay the bank of england put the interest rates up another half a percent yeah. that's another couple of hundred pound on my mortgage thanks very much <laughs> just wait nice till i see andrew bailey <laughs> <laughs> I have to have words with him. Um, 
it is a very difficult time. You know, it's a difficult time because house prices have gone up so much. You know, there's um, people that are trying to get a foot on the ladder. There are people that are coming out of their variable rates and terrified about going into a standard rate because they had such a good rate before. And even if they do get another fixed rate, it's going to be a lot more than what they're paying now. Is there... And this is a really wide open question. So uh, okay. is, is there something that we all can think of when it comes to mortgages and owning and buying our own homes? You know, is there something all of us should be doing? Is there something we should be thinking about? You know, what can you give us? Before I ask you to share the main lesson to take away from today's podcast, I'm just interested to see if there's anything that you'd share at the moment with the way things are. Um, it's tough. Um, I think a bit of positive news, which unfortunately in the UK, as you know, the media don't give positive news. It's all negativity. Now, every time there is rates changing, that's uh, publicised. However, fixed rates, fixed rates um, for your mortgage are coming down. So, yes, they are not. They're not going to be the same that they were during COVID when they were like one, two percent. I think yeah. those days are probably probably gone may might come back in the future who knows but for the now uh, and the foreseeable yeah, i don't think it'll ever get down to that level um but basically the where they get the money for the fixed rates it's from a different market it's called the swap rate market and that predicts what future future interest rates are going to be and that's yeah. actually coming down which is a positive sign so hopefully in the next couple of months you'll see that still coming down so the cost of living crisis is is not great uh, and a lot of people are going to get stung uh, when they remortgage, which is unfortunate. But I feel like speaking to a, a mortgage advisor and understanding what it's going to be and how they can help you is is, is really important. Um, but I think the, the, the future is bright. You know, back in the early 90s, interest rates were sky high, but house prices in comparison were relatively low. That changed after the financial crash. Um, house prices went up, interest rates came down. And now, as you see, the interest rates start to raise. But I don't think that's sustainable. We can't have high high house prices and high interest rates no. because people aren't going to be able to afford to live. Um, so no. somebody's got to give, and it will be the interest rates, I think. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the, the whole focus of, of the bank, you know, and I'm very fortunate to sit uh, on various Bank of England briefings, and I do actually get to talk to Andrew Bailey and some of the other people up there. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and you're right, you know, that their perspective is very much one of good news that the recession isn't going to be as long, the downturn isn't going to be as long as we uh, predicted, that things globally aren't having so much of an impact on the UK market. And I must admit, I was surprised that it went up half a percent, but I know what their target is. Uh, I can't yeah. share that target because that's one of, of the conditions <laughs> of being on the briefing. <laughs> I do know what their target is. And you're right, you know, I think the worry here in the UK, and I'm sure it is globally as well, that people are looking at inflation and they want pay increases to match that. But actually, what the, the unions and what the people are that are looking, I'm getting on my hobby horse here a little bit, but what they're not seeing is that the forecast is for inflation to come down significantly because it went yeah. up so much because of the fuel hikes and the war starting in Ukraine. It is now actually predicted to come down, probably predicted to come down to about 3 4% this year. Well, yeah. if people start getting pay increases at 19% and 15%, which is what some people are asking for, you know, and whether it's deserved or not, you know, is, is a political question in itself. 
but that is going to have an impact on everything that we're talking about isn't it and you know it's good to see that this fixed rate i've not come across that is actually showing signs that that's dropping so if that's dropping that also shows more confidence that high interest rates aren't aren't coming as well and I, i'm on a variable that's rate you know um i don't have much choice about that unfortunately but the thing i would say is that you know knowing what i know on the inside i'm not actually that worried about it neither because i know it's not going to get to seven eight percent which is where it was when we first had a mortgage but i also have to take the benefit that i've had 10 years of like next to nothing money yeah yeah (laughs) and i've happily been spending the money i've saved uh, and now i'm back to where i was when i first started the mortgage but yeah so thank you thank you for sharing that uh, and getting good advice because listeners getting advice like that that's why i sit on those panels that's why joe gets all that insider knowledge into the products that you're it's important for all of us whether we're sat in an existing mortgage or not it's important to get that good advice if we're even not even thinking about moving house yet we should still be keeping up to date with what's happening so that we're ahead of the game when something does change we never know when we might need to move home you know an unexpected gain in a family or an unexpected loss in a family could do either or so, yeah that's so true yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah life like, life's never going to be as plain sailing as everyone thinks there's no. always there's always something around the corner yep yeah um yeah that's so true and hopefully it doesn't hold a baseball bat <laughs> that's what I yeah mean. yeah exactly <laughs> I hope it doesn't hurt <laughs> yeah um so if you could give the listeners one tip one lesson either to do with mortgages and home buying or whether it's just business or whether it's something completely uh separate what would the tip be that you would like to share with the listeners today that they can take away? Oh, it's now it's easier said than done, of course, but always trust in yourself. Always right. trust in yourself. And the reason I say that is because I I believed I could, at the time, joining the military was the biggest, biggest and best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And I didn't, there was a little voice in my head saying, you can't do it. Stay in your safe little comfort zone. The job you've been in for eight years, stay there, do that job for the rest of your life. There's a little voice telling me that. And I was like, no, I can, I, tr- I trust, I believe I can do this. I did all the yeah. fitness tests and I trusted I could do that. And I did, and I got in and I was, I was, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then when I left the military, that was the next best thing that ever mm-hmm. happened to me. And I trusted I could do it. Now, for some people, it might just be, oh, you just changed careers, easy. But it, to me, it was such a big thing, and I trusted I could do it. Yeah. And now I've got a dream with the Home Buyer Club. I've got a dream of of making it something even bigger than than it can, than it is now. And I trust I can do that. Now, having a good support network like my my dad and my my wife around me to help me sort of push me to to achieve it is is yeah. going to be paramount. But yeah, believe in yourself. And and I think, listeners, you know, there's a bit that we haven't mentioned here, which I think is really important to to get over to you as well. You know, Joe, you you were in the forces. You've been in there eight years. Was eight years? You said, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, promotion, uh, and pretty much other than governments cutting military budgets, pretty much in a you know a recession-proof job. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And. Yep. You decided to leave just as the pandemic came. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. You know, so, um, you know, 
I can imagine what must have been going through your mind. You know, why on earth did I do it now? But I think yeah. the trusting yourself at the point you make the decision is is critical. And as you're making that decision. But I think, listeners, as well, knowing that conversation that I had with Joe about that transition and the timing of it, you know, how many people left jobs six months before the pandemic and then couldn't get furlough, couldn't get you know, the support that they needed. Uh, what you also have to trust in yourself is that it is still the right decision. Yeah. Um, there's a great book by Seth Godin, which I'll mention to counteract that because you've always got to give a balance. And that is uh, the dip, when to stick and when to quit. And sometimes to keep doing the same thing fruitlessly would be insanity. You know, yeah. Einstein's definition. But sometimes you do have to know when to quit. But also sometimes you have to know when to stick at it. And the, having the trust in yourself to be a success is one thing. But always trusting yourself that you will make a decision. Sometimes they're bad decisions, sometimes they're good decisions, sometimes they're amazing decisions, but always have that trust in yourself to me. So I think that's a great, great tip, Joe. Thank you. Thanks. No and, worries. And that no trust worries. was in those decisions, wasn't it? That's the point you're at, those decision moments, wasn't it? Do I stay or that's do right. I go? That's right. In fact, I was. my dad dropped me off at the uh, at basic training for the military and I sat in the car with him in, uh, there was a car park about half a mile down the road. We sat there because we were early, always early. And... I said, I looked at him and I went, Dad, um, I don't think I can do it. And he was like, okay, okay, that's fine. If you can't do it, that's fine. We'll drive home. You can go back to work at the company you worked at and you can sit at the desk that you sat at. If, if that's what you want to do, I support you. And I looked at him and I was like, this is a trap. <laughs> I like, There's I a sarcasm there, isn't there? Yeah, I, I can do it. I'm fine. I'll do it. And it was, it was. It was just that little conversation and... Yeah, it was just the always positive reassurance, but also like a get out of the car, you can do it <laughs> in yeah. a nice way. Yeah. And it was the foot up the up the backside that I needed to do it, which was yeah. great. <laughs> so, so I think, listeners, as, as we pull this to the final question, um, I think there's a very important thing uh, to take away from this. You know, as Joe said there, trusting yourself, trusting yourself to make those decisions and that you're doing the right thing. Um, but also, as we were talking about earlier on, find people that you can trust in. Find people that you can put your trust in, that they're going to support you, they're going to help you, and they're also going to help you with every decision and support you whenever you can. So I think that's really important to take away. So final question, Joe. Okay. If you're going to have your next coffee, now you've travelled around the world, as you told us at the beginning, in one of those locations, what would be the location that you'd want, really want to go back to and have a coffee? And what book business or personal or fiction would you be reading whilst having that coffee oh that's a very very good question i've got a, a lot of different locations i've been to but i feel the one. best not, not the best location but the, the location that i'd love to go again would be cyprus now i used to work okay. in a in an aircraft hangar uh, which had cargo in and there was a, a few Cypriot guys that I worked with and we used to take a break at 10 o'clock every morning and we used to have a Cypriot coffee. Have you ever had a Cypriot coffee? I haven't, no, no. Okay. So it's a small, it's a small, it's like an espresso cup 
uh, maybe a little bit bigger and they, they make it a certain way now if you drink it all a part of it's got like some sort of sludge which is you don't yeah. want to drink that so you have to drink it before you get to the sludge but we always used to sit and um, just chat and watch yeah. the um, watch the typhoons take off around 10 o'clock oh, wow. and we'd have a separate coffee and I just missed that kind of pure pure easy life that we had at the time now i wouldn't yeah. change it for the world where well, but just having that coffee we'd just yeah. done a couple of hours work we sat watched the uh, the aircraft take off it was great yeah. it was such a, a a great time um so i'd love to go back and do that yeah great and, um, and what would be the book then book. if you could take a book with you to to read if you're on your own and they weren't there what would that okay. book be or perhaps they were out there but what would that book be couple of books so oh, there's a couple but um probably the one that i'd love to read again and i will read again was a book by david goggins okay um, i can't remember what the name of the book is so david goggins was a u.s uh i think he was in the u.s marines and yeah. he does ultra marathons now yeah and he does um sort of motivational speaking and he was uh he was a uh, in his book, he says he was a big fat guy uh, at the time and something switched and he started training, started working. And then he joined the um, the Marines and they were saying, like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're, you're useless, you're nothing, blah, blah, blah. And he, he just achieved everything he set his mind to. Yeah. And his book's fantastic. It's very inspirational. Yeah, well, Anna, who does a great job of the show notes, will find the title of the book. I know you will, Anna, and uh, put that because we've had David Goggins mentioned before, actually. So uh, yeah, we'll find that and we'll make sure it's in the show notes, yeah. uh, listeners. I think it's well. called "Can't Hurt Me" or something like that. Can't hurt yeah. me. I think, yeah, we'll, but yeah, we'll, I'll let we'll that find, it. find yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much for giving your time and thank you for giving us such an insight into yourself and also some great things that we can take away that we can actually make a difference in our own lives and those of us around us as well oh lovely thank you very much thanks for having me i've really enjoyed it and listeners you've only got two things to do now the first thing is go and leave a review of this podcast if you've listened to it and you've loved it and it's made a difference leave a review of the podcast i know that christina really needs to listen to this podcast and leave a review of it so we'll get her to do that but also <laughs> you've learned so much about how to surround yourself with the right people how to be the right person yourself, some great tips, some great lessons, and that final one of trust in yourself. So go out this week after listening to this and trust in yourself. Make a difference in the world because you're putting that trust in yourself and let us know what difference that's made to your week. Um, and that will be the best service that you can give to the time that Joe and I have given to you in this podcast episode. And as always, I look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.